to the CBA Leaders Podcast, a resource provided for ministry leaders serving churches and the Chilton Baptist Association. Our association exists to strengthen and connect churches to complete the Great Commission. The goal of this podcast is to provide news and announcements related to associational ministries and to provide helpful content to encourage you in your ministry leadership as you serve to make disciples of Jesus in Chilton County and beyond. Thanks again for listening. Let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the CBA Leaders Podcast. I hope that you had a Merry Christmas, and I guess also I should say Happy New Year, since this is January 1st, 2024. Uh, So I hope that you are excited about the new year ahead. I know that I am. Uh, Something about a new year always just fills me with excitement about what God is going to do in the year ahead. So hope you're as excited as I am and looking forward to all that God is going to do in in this year. Um, This week, there are not many announcements. Uh, Just will remind you of what I shared last week's episode that our upcoming uh, Lunch and Learn is going to happen on January the the 8th. That's a Monday. And so we'll be meeting at 11 o'clock here at the association office and wanted to remind you of that be a great way to start off the year just by coming and connecting with other pastors and ministry leaders in the churches of our association our special guest is going to be brian harper who is one of our state missionaries who works uh, specifically with church planting and uh, god is doing some exciting things in the state of alabama related to church planting And I always really think, man, we can learn a lot from church plants. Uh, They really survive, right, by reaching people, uh, new people with the gospel. And a lot of times they're reaching some people that we aren't really reaching as more established churches. So we can learn from what God is doing through church plants about how we can maybe be more effective uh, in our in our own ministry of trying to reach people for Jesus. So hope you'll be here on, on that day. We do need you to RSVP if you plan on coming to be a part of that. It is free because of your generosity to give to the association so we can do events like this. Um, but we do need you to RSVP uh, and let us know that you'll be planning on attending. And we need you to do that by Friday at noon, which will be January 5th. Just let us know. You can email us, uh, email Jessica at ChiltonBaptist at gmail.com or give her a call, 205-755-3188, or you can go to the show notes on this episode, and there'll be a little link there that you can fill out that will uh, let you register for the event online. So uh, pick one of those three ways and let us know you plan on coming, and I hope that we have a real strong attendance at this meeting to start off the year and that you'll be with us to connect with other leaders and be encouraged by what we hear from Brian Harper. Uh, Well, this week is going to be a little different on the podcast. Um, Not long ago, at the end of the year, we had our executive team meeting that meets quarterly uh, throughout the year, and it's a time where we hear reports and updates, and I get to share uh, each time my DOM report And uh, something I've noticed as I've been the DOM now for three years, a little over three years in the Chilton Association, is that this last meeting of the year is very, very, very uh, low attendance. So uh, I think some of the reason for that is because it follows right on the heels of our annual meeting. I mean, it's like almost less than a month away 
from the, the annual meeting. So everyone's kind of already heard reports. There's not a lot that has gone on in that two to three week time between uh, the annual meeting and then that executive team meeting. So just a lot of people aren't there. I think the holidays are on people's minds coming up. So it's just really always been a very low attended meeting. And so um, I I thought, man, I really shared my heart. Uh, I was honestly, if I'm transparent with you, I was a little bummed out that particular meeting because uh, I thought, well, you know, since we don't have a lot of reports, um, then I, I'll just take more time than I usually do and kind of share my heart about the new vision statement of, of the association. And then, of course, as I prepared to share that, then there were uh, very few people that were here to hear it. So, But I thought, you know what? Now I've got this old podcast thing going, so I'll just share it, uh, share it here. So I did record what I shared in that meeting, and what we'll do this week on the podcast is just I'm just going to post that recording for you. Uh, of me sharing my heart about the vision and direction of the association. We just went through this process and we're still in the process. Uh, we've done the revisioning process, I call it, and now we're moving into kind of phase two, which is a realignment and looking at all of our uh, ministry teams and resources and structure of the association to see whether or not it aligns with our new vision. So, um, so anyway, this recording that you're about to hear is just me sharing my heart about this, and uh, I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Uh, just shoot me an email. Most of you listening to this podcast have my email or phone number, uh, but it, I'd love to hear your feedback on it. You know, um, how do you how do you see this vision getting implemented in your church? Uh, is are there parts of it that you think are going to be a challenge? Uh, what do you think is beneficial about it? Would love to hear your feedback on it, and um, I hope that what it does. Uh, for you as you listen to it is that it shows you why the association exists, uh, what are the key elements of a healthy association as I share in this this recording, and then also just I hope that you see a biblical foundation for it, um, that this whole thing of associating with one another as churches and partnering together is not something that we just made up, but it's something that's actually rooted in the New Testament and how churches related to one another even in the first century. So um, I hope you're encouraged by it. And uh, just it, just note, it is a little longer than usual, right? So uh, we typically keep this 12 to 15 minutes, but this particular recording is somewhere around 30 minutes. So uh, it may take you a couple of listens or a couple of commutes uh, to, to listen to it, but I really would appreciate if you take a listen and let me know your feedback next time I see you or shoot me an email or uh, text me or give me a call. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. So that's it. Uh, be blessed. And I hope that uh, you have a happy new year and uh, enjoy this recording of me sharing my heart about the new vision for the Chilton Baptist Association. I've, I've learned now because I've been in this role now for three and a half years uh, I've learned and seen the pattern enough now that this this meeting is typically a little bit lower attendance and it it makes sense because we just had our annual meeting <laughs> so we've we've had a lot of reports and there's not a whole lot to report um, at this meeting and so it's a good opportunity um, if the moderator will allow me uh, to take a little extra time than I typically would for my DOM report to uh, talk about um, our new vision statement. So 
that was something that came out of the annual meeting. Um, for those who may have not been aware, uh, back several months ago, goodness, it was six months ago, I guess at least, we uh, nominated, uh, the nominating team elected a vision team, and that vision team uh, gathered together on three different times, three different occasions, and we just kind of talked about what is the, what's the purpose, what's the vision for the Chilton Baptist Association? Why do we exist? Um, what's, our, what's our overarching purpose and goal as an organization? And so uh, they came together and we put together a statement as we wrestled through that over several months and presented that at the annual meeting. It was adopted at the annual meeting and so now we're in kind of a second phase of looking at realignment or kind of assessing where the association is. Is there anything that needs to be tweaked and changed uh, recalibrated to make sure we're in alignment with this new vision statement. So that new vision statement is this, that the Chilton Baptist Association exists to strengthen and connect churches to complete the Great Commission. So really simple on surface level, right? <laughs> Doesn't sound real fancy, um, but it, there's a lot in it if you really scratch and dig below some of these words. So I want to kind of take some time tonight just to speak to this, this vision statement and uh, talk to you more about this, this vision and how I see this process getting played out in the life of, of the association. And, you know, part of what was motivating the adoption of a new vision statement, i just say this, it wasn't any kind of uh, criticism of the previous vision statement. Matter of fact, our vision statement it's really kind of saying the same thing, but just in a more concise fashion. Um, our, our previous uh, vision statement in our Constitution was this. The purpose of this association is to provide ways and means by which churches have common beliefs and mutual interest may voluntarily bind themselves together in covenant relationship to give nurture and strength to each other through which they may serve the cause of Christ together in the framework of the Chilton Baptist Association, the Alabama Baptist State Convention, and the Southern Baptist Convention. Y'all had all that memorized, I know, right? But a lot of that is saying the same thing that the new statement says, you know? Um, the first part of it, the purpose of this association is, is to provide ways and means by which churches have, that have common beliefs and mutual interests may voluntarily bind themselves together in covenant relationship. All of that is connect. There you go. Jay's got it. He's like, that's about churches with like beliefs connecting with one another. So that's, that's our statement now. Uh, it goes on. To give nurture and strength. There's the strengthen aspect. We want to strengthen and connect our churches together. And then it goes on and says through which they may serve the cause of Christ together in the framework of the Chilton Baptist Association, the Alabama Baptist Technician, Southern Baptist Con Convention. So serving the cause of Christ together. Great commission. <laughs> so it's really not, uh, it, it's just a more concise way of communicating our vision. I, I, I found that for a vision to be effective, it needs to be clear, it needs to be compelling, and it needs to be concise. Uh, if it's not concise and somebody comes up to you and I mean, if somebody came up to me as the director of missions and says, 
What's the purpose? I could not have quoted that to you. I'd had to pull out the document and read it to you, right? But now with a new statement, I can, I can tell you, uh, our purpose is to strengthen and connect churches to, to complete the Great Commission. Um, my hope is that in enough time, if anybody in any of our churches, if somebody says, hey, what is the purpose of the Children Baptist Association? They would be able to rattle off to you is to strengthen and connect churches to complete the Great Commission. That's why we exist. And so, um, so it's not a criticism. It's just a more concise way of us communicating the, the vision to, to work together to finish the Great Commission. And so uh, a common mistake, though, and I've learned this in my own uh, leadership in, in churches, um, you can come up with a new vision statement, and it might be clear, and it might be compelling, and it might be concise, and you can go through a process like we've gone through the process of revisioning and wrestling with what your purpose is, and you meet for months and months and months, and you pray, and you seek the Lord, and you come up with a vision statement, you get this clear purpose, you adopt the vision statement, and the next step is you put it on the bulletin, and you put it on the website, <laughs> And you announce it from the pulpit, and then nothing changes, right? And so if you've done that, y'all have heard that saying before, if you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, isn't it, right? And so uh, changing the vision usually means that there's going to have to be some recalibration, some, some realignment. Doesn't mean everything's going to be turned upside down and changed overnight, but just like your car and my car, we hit a pothole from time to time. Or something happens, we have to we have to go through a process of getting getting the car realigned. And um, any organization, our churches, the association, we all can fall prey to what's called mission drift. You know, or sometimes I've started using the phrase mission bloat. <laughs> so we we start doing more things than we can sustain sometimes. And so it, it's helpful for any of us to go through a process of recalibration, realignment in relationship to our our overarching vision and so um so we don't want to make that mistake with this vision statement so our process is not done yet our vision team i i told them i said i'll give you you got an off ramp after phase one if you want to get off the boat you can get off the boat <laughs> but phase two is for us to continue together as a vision team to to assess the different ministries of the association to see how do they fit with this this new new vision uh, that we have. And so uh, Dr. Orge, who's president of Gateway Seminary, which if you know anything about the history of Gateway Seminary, it used to be called uh, Golden Gate Theolo Baptist Theological Seminary. So right there, you know, they changed their name and they changed the location of their seminary out in California. And they phenomenal things have happened at Gateway. Gateway was really, a, it was struggling for a while and now it's really become a strong, strong seminary and institution again, one of our six Southern Baptist seminaries. And Dr. Orge, he's written a book on his leading change of, of Golden Gate to become Gateway. Uh, his book is called Leading Major Change. It's a great book if you're looking for something to read on this topic. But he says in his book that there needs to be four things that happen when you go through some kind of change in your organization. Number one, there needs to be clear, consistent communication. So you're going to get tired of hearing me talk about this. I just could probably go ahead and warn you uh, because I've learned that, and any of you pastors in the room, you know how it is too. You can, you can put something in the bulletin for six months, can't you? Uh, and then somebody's going to come up to you and probably say, 
Not the first time I've heard about this, Pastor. Well, well I heard about it, you know. So uh, communicating, that's in one church. Imagine my job of trying to communicate something across the board to 55 churches. It's even harder. So, um, so clear, consistent communication. Num- number two thing he says, resources to accomplish the change. Um, fine if you want to dream up a new vision, but if you don't have the resources to accomplish it, you've got to wrestle with what kind of resources you have available or what resources you can reallocate to accomplish that vision that you new vision that you have. The third thing he says is tracks for the change to kind of run on. Um, fourth thing is tools required for the change. So tonight is my attempt at number one. <laughs> um, clear, consistent communication about how I see this vision, what I see is important about it, and um, and where we're kind of headed as an association. And um, and my job is not to come up with a vision. I wanted to be real careful, too. I, I could have just sat in my office in there and turned out some vision on my own. Um, but that's not how an association works. Uh, it's a cooperative effort. So I didn't want to sit in my office and come up with it on my own. I wanted it to be a team of people that were all thinking and dreaming together about what could, what could be. And so, so I want to just draw your attention to three phrases or key words in this vision statement. And just kind of unpack them really briefly. Uh, the first is connect. Connect. So that word. Think, think about that word. We exist, the CBA exists, to strengthen and connect churches. Um, y'all have heard me say before that there's two kind of attitudes we can have. I'm going to add a third one to this now. Um, the first, the two I used to say was we can have a spirit of competition, Right? Or we can have a spirit of collaboration. I'm going to add a third one in there that just this past week I thought, no, there's another one out there. And that is a spirit of independence. Just, no, we're going to do our own thing. We're not going to really cooperate with anybody. And uh, we're just going to kind of just do our own thing and not, not try to work with anybody or partner with anybody or help anybody else. And so, um, so those, are, those are the three options that we have. A spirit of independence, just I don't want to work with anybody, not going to work with anybody. A spirit of competition Hey, that's not my partner. That's my competition. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get you know more folks than they got. Or I don't want to. I don't want. Uh, I don't want our congregations to get together because if our congregations get together, some of the people in our congregation might decide they like that other church better, and they might go to that other church. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and we might sit here and laugh about that, but I guarantee you that thought goes to people's heads in this in this county. Special fellowship meals or getting together and. Just fellowshipping together with each other. So there's there's that spirit of of competition, spirit of independence, but there's also needs to be that spirit of collaboration, or we could say connection, a desire that we have to connect with one another. Let me ask you this: Is the word? It's not a trick question, uh, so don't don't worry about it. Is the word association a verb or a noun? You can actually answer it if you want to. <laughs> I think it's a verb. <laughs> that's right. It's kind of depends, depends on how you use it. That's 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 right. So association is is it's a noun. If we look at it, and we talk about the Chilton Baptist Association. It's an object. It's a thing. Uh, we might say it's an institution. Um, I, I like the word organization better than I like institution or a coalition. A, a, a you know a, co- a cooperative effort, but. Um, it's, it's a noun, but it's built off of a verb. So uh, the verb would be to associate, right? To associate with, 
with someone. And so what would you think if you have an association that's made up of churches that don't associate? (laughs) Uh, It's not really an association, or you could say it's an association in name only, but not in actual function. That same thing can happen in churches, by the way, too. We can call something a church when it's really just kind of a a country club for religious folks. Um, Or it doesn't really have a mission anymore. One theologian, Emil Bruner, said that the the church exists by mission the way that a fire exists by burning. In other words, if you don't have a mission, you don't really have a church. So some, some people might call themselves a church, but they're really not functioning like a church truly ought to function. And so an association, it's a noun, but it's a verb. So um, you, you've heard me say this, several have heard me say this already, but our association exists by association. <laughs> so it, we, we have to connect with each other uh, as brothers and sisters, as like-minded churches with one another. And listen, I know the, the SBC, we, I, I get to visit all of our churches. They are very different, let me tell you. They're not all the same just because we're all, there used to be a day in SBC life where if you were SBC, everybody's doing the same program, same time. They're, everybody's kind of dressing the same. They're probably playing the same music. I mean, there wasn't a lot of variation. Those days are gone now. So I understand that not all of our churches might be equally comfortable with participating with one another, but all of us can have another, at least one or two churches or more than that in the association that we are very like-minded with that we could easily connect with to participate on different areas of ministry. And so this first point of connection is really, really important. Our, our new vision is built, I would say, on the foundation of relationships. The strength of our association will be determined by the strength of our relationships. Um, if we don't start there, anything else will crumble. Uh, the vision of our association can only be accomplished through relationships. So if our churches aren't connecting, if our churches aren't associating, then I just don't think that we'll thrive as an association. So you'll see me emphasizing this, uh, how I want us to connect with one another, connect with uh, leaders connecting with one another in the association, churches connecting with one another across the association, I always use West Chilton as a great example of this because they do a phenomenal job in West Chilton of connecting with each other on so many different in different ways. Their brotherhood getting together, doing different projects together in West Chilton. They cooperate together so well. Uh, I'm so blessed anytime I'm over in West Chilton and see how well they're cooperating together as as churches in that geographic area of the county. And so, so we got to connect. And by the way, uh, do you think this is a biblical idea? I sure hope it is, or man, I don't know if I'm going to, I'll turn in my resignation, I guess, if I can't come up with a biblical foundation for what we do. Now, we're not going to turn in the book of Acts and see that there was the Antioch Baptist Association. Uh, we're not going to see the Jerusalem Baptist Association, but we do see in the, in the book of Acts and other places in the New Testament, um, we see churches partnering together. Um, in Acts chapter 8, Peter and John travel to Samaria, Right? Uh, Philip the evangelist had been engaged in ministry there. And so what did the church do? The apostles hear about this work and they dispatch Peter and John to go to that city, not to try to control it, but to help 
Go and assist in the work and encourage those who were involved in the work. We see an example of the same thing when the Jerusalem church sends Barnabas to go and visit and assist the work that was going on after persecution had happened in Acts chapter 8 and they all scattered. They send Barnabas to go and visit and assist in the work. So this type of cooperation is all over the New Testament. So help, help me with this vision by your church thinking about how can we not just do our own thing, spirit of independence, how can we not fall prey to a spirit of competition, but how can we partner together with other churches in our area that are like-minded to do things together so that we're mutually encouraged and strengthened in our ministry? So that's the first, connect. Second word is uh, the word strengthen. So as an association, we want to leverage our relationships and leverage our resources to help strengthen churches. Um, so when I think about this aspect of our vision I really think about two kind of broad categories. Uh, one is leader health, the health of the leaders of the churches. And then another is the congregational health. Um, and so are the leaders of the churches, the pastors, the staff, are they being cared for? And are they being coached by someone? Doesn't have to be me, but is there somebody in their life Maybe a peer that they have that's in the same ministry or has been in ministry. Do they have someone in their life who can be a listening ear and who can support them in their work um, as they need that support and that encouragement and that coaching? Is somebody helping them avoid the pitfalls of ministry life? Um, we talked about this at our recent Lunch and Learn. Like when I was ordained, I was told that one out of ten men who are ordained in ministry will finish still in ministry. There's a high attrition rate. And so how are our leaders doing? I really want to focus a lot of my effort and time on trying to be an encouragement to our pastors, sending daily text messages, sending messages, making calls, having lunches, trying my best to be an encouragement and a listening ear to, to our pastors. But like I said, it doesn't have to be me. <laughs> I just would be happy if anybody is speaking into their life. And so uh, that's one aspect of it. But then congregational health. Um, how well do our churches have a grasp on what it really means to be a healthy church? Just think about that for a second. Um, when we talk about church health, most people usually talk about the number of people in attendance. If attendance is down, we think, well, it must be an unhealthy church. Uh, if attendance is up, we think, well, that must be a really healthy church. It's a growing church. But something recently just, I mean, I've known this, and I think we, I think we all know this, but for whatever reason, we've fallen into some, some paradigms that are just not biblical. Nowhere in the New Testament do you see the size of a church being equated to the health of a church. You don't see anywhere in Paul's address to Timothy in the pastoral epistles. Now, be careful, Timothy. Looks like your Sunday school attendance is down. Be, be careful, Timothy. Your worship attendance is going in the wrong direction. Or be careful, Timothy. Y'all are at 80% capacity. And you know how that rule goes. You know, we don't see any of that. But what do we see? What do we see Paul wrestling with and other biblical authors? They're not raising concerns about church size. They're raising concerns over doctrinal compromise. They're raising concerns over division in the body. 
They're raising concerns over unaddressed sin in the camp within the church. But they never once, Paul never once says, oh man, that little small church, they just must be unhealthy. <laughs> that does not happen in his in his writings. So I just say all that say, I think, I think, you know, it might seem, you know, hey, yeah, yeah, we know we should be healthy churches, but the way we talk about church health just shows me sometimes, I don't know that we really, if we have a strong grasp on what it means to be healthy churches. It's not about the number of bodies in that building on a Sunday. Not in the least. Without naming names, there's some churches I could say, not in Chilton County, but some churches that have Tens of thousands of people in the building on a Sunday that we know the gospel's not being proclaimed from the pulpit. The people are not in covenant relationships with one another. They're not being held accountable to their walk with Jesus. They're not, you know, that there's a lot of people in the building, but it's not truly a healthy church on a biblical, a biblical standpoint, a biblical level. And so I think, you know, part of this vision um, is to help our churches and help our leaders. And this is part where I think we're going to face the most resistance. I'll just be honest with you, okay? Anybody here, especially us men, like going to the doctor? We tend to not want to go to the doctor, and I've heard at least men say, the reason I don't want to go to the doctor, they might find out something's wrong with me. They might find out that I've got a blockage or, you know, I need to have a bypass or whatever. But isn't that the very reason that you need to go to the doctor? That if you can find it in time, you can take corrective measures that will extend your life and the quality of your life. Sometimes some of our churches, man, had they asked for assistance and assessment 15 years ago, 10 years ago, where they would be today, right, would be so different. So... We need to open ourselves up as leaders, those who are pastors and staff members, to open ourselves up to assessment, I think, and coaching, and our churches to assessment of, okay, where are we? And I love our annual church profile numbers, but they are not an accurate measure of church health. I'll just, say, I'll just tell you that. Because it's based on what? Numbers of bodies in the building. What I want to know in a church, how many people are sharing the gospel every week in that congregation? How many people, it's not on our ACP numbers, how many people are having a daily quiet time in our churches on a weekly basis? How many people uh, have any kind of prayer life to speak of beyond, you know, good Lord, let's eat, you know, before, before, they, before they, they eat a meal, right? Those are the kind of measures of, of real health in a church, not how many bodies are in the building on a Sunday. So uh, I've created some stuff. My plan is I've already given this out to some pastors. If you want one, I'm happy to give it to you. But I've created a, a document here with some of these kind of things in it to try to help us address church health, assessing church health, and then also assessing leader health. And what can we do to try to help pastors? Uh, you know, I noticed in my phone, if you use Google Maps, if I put in a destination in Google Maps on my phone, it wants to know where I'm currently located. I don't have location services turned on because I'm paranoid like that. Don't want Google knowing where I'm going all the time. Uh, and so it'll want to know my location because Google can't tell me where I need to go until Google knows where I am. <laughs> and our churches and our association, we're not going to know where to go 
until we know where we are. <laughs> and the only way we find out where we are is by doing assessment to figure out what's the status of where things are in the health uh, of our churches. And so third, third thing, the Great Commission. I'll be brief here. Uh, you know the Great Commission. Uh, it's called to make disciples of all nations, uh, teaching them to obey what Jesus has commanded and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know this involves both our witness and proclamation of the gospel, and it involves discipling those who come to trust in Jesus as their Savior. So there are certain things the association cannot do, right? But we can be the conduit or the avenue to provide opportunities for our churches to come together to do things together and have a greater impact. So just along the lines of this, this aspect of the Great Commission, uh, something that we're going to be really focusing on this next year is just every month, every month, there's going to be something different that we're focusing on related to the Great, the Great Commission, to missions either locally right here in Chilton County or to the ends of the earth. Still in the process of wrestling with that and, and planning that. But just to kind of let you know one idea already, and this is in the spirit of connecting and strengthening and cooperating too, um, talked to a few of our churches in the association that are doing food ministries and food distributions. Uh, we've got, y'all are one of those now with the, got the new soon, yeah. soon to be coming to them. Uh, Union Springs is doing this now. Um, Maplesville has been, has been doing it. We've got a lot of churches now that are doing this. Well, what would it look like for this vision to connect with one another, strengthen one another, to complete the Great Commission? What would that look like? What would a spirit of, of cooperation look like? Well, how about we do a food drive <laughs> of all the churches in the association to say, hey, y'all may not be doing a food bank at your church, but what if we, if we contributed to help our sister churches replenish their stores so they can have greater impact and give away more food to the people that might come through, through their their food outreach, that they would have an opportunity to share the gospel with those people and demonstrate the love of God to, to these people through meeting a tangible need. So that's just one example. So um, there'll be other mission projects, mission opportunities, training opportunities. Basically every month my goal is that we're going to have something that we are pulling together as a family of churches to work toward the Great Commission being completed. Um, here's what encourages me with all this um revelation 5 9 right this verse tells us they sang a new song saying worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for god from every tribe and every language and people and nation so here this is what excites me <laughs> If we really align ourselves with this new vision to, to connect and strengthen churches to complete the Great Commission, if we really get alignment with that vision, then everything that we do, whether we see immediate success or not, everything that we do as an association we can say is successful because it's contributing to the completion of the Revelation 5-9 vision. And we know with certainty, <laughs> like I think it was Billy Graham that used to say, I know how it ends. I've read the end of the book, right? We win. <laughs> Jesus wins. He has won. And so to the extent that we align ourselves with this new vision, we're really aligning ourselves with God's vision 
And we know with certainty based on what John wrote in Revelation 5-9 in this vision that he had, it will be completed. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people will, will have someone who has been redeemed and brought into the kingdom as we faithfully seek to fulfill uh, this mission. So I want to just share that with you tonight to kind of give you a little bit of my heart and, um, and just pray. Pray for our association. Pray for other churches. You know, I, I, I need to hush because I know y'all are like, man, we need to get out of here. You're talking too long, Brother Tyler. But I, I just see in my, what if on Sundays and Wednesdays, and as you're praying in your church, you're not just praying for your church, but you're praying for some sister churches. You know, you're praying for the church across the street. You're praying for the church down the road. Um, what would it look like if we, if we, I mean, publicly are praying for one another? You know what Jesus prayed in John 17? That we would be one as He and the Father were one. And that it was through that, that unity that we would possess together that the whole world would know that the Father has sent the Son. Uh, if we have a spirit of competition, the world is not going to be impressed with that. If we have a spirit of independence, the world's not going to be impressed with that. But if they see churches cooperating together in love and unity with one another, then I think that will be an attractive light to them of the difference Jesus has made in our lives. And so just pray for the association. Pray for your sister churches. Pray for me. Pray for the vision team. Pray for us as we try to iron out and look to, you know, what does it look like for us as an association to fulfill, fulfill this vision?